0: Everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the It's Canon podcast. It is a new week, it's a new day, quite literally. As always, we are your hosts. I'm Boris, and somewhere on the northern side of the GTA is the one, the only, the Phil. Hey, everybody. How you doing?
1: How are you doing, Boris?
0: I'm doing fantastic. I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Can't complain. Start Welcome of a to new the week. Yeah. New week. Start of a new week. Start of a new routine for you. This is the It's Canon podcast, the only podcast where the intro theme is probably more popular than the actual talking. So, because <laughs> <so, laughs> that's the feedback that I always get is hey, you guys have a great theme. It's like, well, what did you think of the rest of the show? I didn't listen. <laughs> My nephew even messaged me in the week on the weekend saying he has nothing better to do but to listen to the podcast. And he's like, Well, I have your theme on loop right now. I'm like, Well, thanks, Kato. <laughs> Best feedback ever.
1: Yeah, man. Well, it's a good intro. Tell you. Yep.
0: You know it. It's got, it's got the legs. It's got the legs. So this week. What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about all things geek. It's going to be another geekathon. I know that this is a little bit of weird of a schedule, um, but, you know, Phil and I right now are still working the kinks out in regards to our own schedules. Actually, okay, I'll be honest. I'm working out the kinks out on our schedule and trying to see what works best. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, I do apologize for changing things up, changing people's routine. But, you know, here we are. We're trying to get as much content out there as humanly possible. And, you know, we with a lot of episodes, I do know as a fact that some people are catching up. And I can see this as I look through the metrics of what people are listening to. So, you know, sometimes uh, you're going to get this uh, weird episode thrown in the middle, kind of like a filler. After a a brief few episodes, you need a filler episode. And that's exactly what this is on the It's Canon Podcast. Uh, So we're going to talk about all things geek We're going to come around and we're going to chat about a few topics that we've talked about in the past Um, And uh, we're going to have a great time doing that So Phil, before we get started And I think this is a lot of people's favorite part of the episode So that's why I'm going to put it up on top You know exactly what I'm going to ask you How's Animal Crossing going?
1: Oh man (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, you know
1: what A game's a freaking mess I don't know what the heck is going on now It's just like Spaghetti in a blender I just It's just fucked up But it's it's funny you know. It, it's very grindy still This stupid dog comes to my island every Sunday night And serenades me with a stupid song And then he puts it in my pocket And I'm never going to load it into anything in the game That can play it Because it sounds like cats being stuck in a bag it's just horrible. Um, I'm accumulating money like crazy. And the game's actually quite boring. You know, you take away owning a home and all of a sudden it's like retirement city. I'm like, oh, I'm just keeping up appearances. I move my house. I'm, I mean, introducing challenges to that thing. Yeah. It's a struggle, man.
0: So basically. Ghost,
1: ghost calls me. Ghost <laughs> of Tsushima.
0: Yeah, that game. Oh. So. Okay, before we jump into kind of you know a week after initially playing that game, I want to do t- I do want to talk about that, uh, but uh, I need to touch on one thing about your Animal Crossing experience. <laughs> so all I gather is that you're really not looking forward to retirement in like two years or so.
1: <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> it's it's gonna be me with an axe hitting a rock, just like is there iron in here? Am I gonna get a gold nugget? I don't know. Yeah. Like that, that that's what retirement looks like. So maybe I won't be uh staying on that schedule, you know.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, for all that we know, we're going to be podcasting 5 days a week then.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I'll be playing, you know, Animal Crossing still probably too. So.
0: <laughs> exactly. All right, so go you know, we're sticking with video games right now and kind of what we've done throughout the week so uh Ghost of Tsushima, um, so last week we kind of gave our, ori- our uh, um, uh, first thoughts, our, our, you know, our original intentions, our original thoughts, you know, what we thought of the game, you know, we only played it a few hours, so after a week, Phil, how are you liking the game?
1: I'm enjoying it, you know what, I log in each night, and I always end up thinking I'm just going to do this one little thing and then I end up doing two or three things and the game's really good at roping you into that right and it's just been MLS's back tournament has just been my big interrupter now yeah and now that our team is out I'm like I'll probably pay attention to some of the games but largely ghost has me um, very compelled and and the only reason why I stopped just so the audience knows the only reason why I took down my Last of Us 2 pace is just because it was getting too emotional for me it was a very very um, challenging story and not in a negative way just in an emotional way and I find that that just makes it so I can't sleep at night um, with all those zombie clacker things and all that so
0: yeah, because you, uh, you were in a really weird sleep schedule for like a week or two after that game came out.
1: Yeah, because of that midnight release, and uh, I knew I had some time in front of me. Yeah. So I got into a bad schedule, and right now I'm pretty much back to normal. Good. So I'm surprised that my body just kind of rebounded that way, but we'll see what happens.
0: <laughs> and, and, and And just so our listeners know, and so that you know... Um, I know as a fact that the last achievement you got in that game was on June 30th in the evening. (laughs) Yeah, because that's what I do is I stock your uh, playing habits so that we can talk about it. And I know exactly what you're playing so I can bring random stuff up like this at any given time during the game or uh, during the podcast.
1: I'm going to say this, though, because I got into a bit of. um, Boris, you might know this, you might not. Okay, I've got a pretty high, not super high, but comparatively to almost anyone on my friends list on Xbox, I pretty much have a really high achievement
0: In Xbox, yes.
1: Yeah, because I've been, you know, they just told me I've been on it for 17 years, right? So I'm like, okay, crap, I feel really old now. So anyhow, what happened was a friend of mine and I were playing Forza Horizon 4, which is kind of an indulgence on the side. I do enjoy it. And my friend's been kiting me along with these weekly challenges and helping me out with some codes and stuff that he's getting off the internet. And anyhow, he started getting a little bit boisterous because his achievement score, because they break it down by the month now. So he was ahead and he started rubbing it in. And then we did a little Forza-thon and then I was ahead and then he was getting disgruntled. Yeah. So he challenged me and he said, I'm going to bring it on, I'm going to play Mafia 3, I'm going to ace the game and all that. So naturally, what did I do? I went out and I looked up games that are easy to get a thousand achievement points on in Xbox Game Pass. So I downloaded two or three of those and now I just slapped slapped them down with a thousand gamer points just to keep them firmly in second. And uh, that kind of distracts me sometimes.
0: That is Yeah, you, you send me screenshots of where you are point-wise to your, yeah. relative to your friends. It's funny. Uh,
1: I talked with him last week, and I'm like, D- do you see the score? And he's like, we're not going to talk about that this week. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I know where we stand.
0: That's, I have one July. <laughs> yeah, that's actually hilarious. So as we're talking video games, something came to mind, and it's something that's actually been bothering me for uh, for the weekend. And that's an article that came up. And all I want to say is Joe Rogan could go fuck himself uh, with <laughs> all his bullshit about it. hey video game this and video game that waste your time this waste your time that waste your time that, and I've been hearing this thing more and more and more and more. And yes, you know, watching MMA, what does that make you? You know, like what? Who do you How think you are? About having a podcast? Having a podcast, you know um you literally whatever you know it's this it always gets to me when people start judging other people's hobbies you know whether that hobby contributes to the overall achievement and overall humanity or not it doesn't fucking matter a hobby is a hobby is a hobby it's how you want to spend your time it's how you want to live your life if you feel that you need that downtime to escape you do that. If you feel that you, you know, need to be productive in your downtime and during to do your hobbies, then you do that. But never ever put down anyone's hobbies in any shape or form because we don't know what anyone's going through. So for someone to just flat out um, you know, say that something is a waste of time because of xyz, regardless of what those reasons are, it's just bullshit and you have no balls and you can go fuck yourself.
1: I just find that you know, I, I tripped across these sentiments today or yesterday, and I saw a little clip on YouTube about it, and it's remarkably insensitive, but it's meant to stir the pot and get a yeah, reaction. that's exactly which is what it is. Exactly what Joe Rogan is about uh, at, at times, and it's his prerogative. It's his show. Um, you know, he can do and say as he pleases, but I just thought it was rather insensitive and just a provoking comment. In order to get a reaction from gamers, which I'm not going to indulge them with beyond making the comment that I think it's a fun pastime. The same as watching a movie. I will stand behind my comments. I will stand behind comments that I've read in the industry that it is a way more immersive experience than watching a movie. Yep. You get to see the story from whatever the storyteller wants you to do. Like from the antagonist eyes. From the enemy's eyes whatever it is you get to indulge yourself in that story you get to engage you also you know learn hand-eye coordination which i don't think is much of a problem in today's society but there's there are benefits there are uh, enrichments to your mind there are you know a lot of different things that emerge from the experience of playing video games so it's too bad joe rogan feels that way but uh, you know the one that made me laugh today was just seeing somebody clap back at him on twitter Saying, so it's a waste of time just, like, listening to your podcasts, which you're not bettering humanity, you're not doing anything, you're just listening to Joe Rogan prattle on about stuff.
0: I figured it out. I figured out where this comment came from, and it's, as you were talking, and that's a thing. The only reason I brought it up was because, you know, I hear these, I've heard these comments since I was a kid. You know, how Mm -hmm. I spend my time with all this geek stuff and reading comic books and You know, and uh, playing video games and things like that and how much of a waste of time it is. But you know what? It kept me off the streets. It kept me uh, focused. It kept me, uh, you know, thinking about other stuff as opposed to other morons. So that's why I brought it up. And as you were talking, you know, Phil, I I quickly did a search on the Google machine. And here's something interesting reported just three days ago. Joe Rogan won't be the commentator on new EA Sports UFC 4 video game. <laughs> there you go. Ah, uh,
1: we found her. Smoking gun.
0: There you go. I knew it. I knew it. I knew that there was a reason because it's a very random comment for him to make outside of, like, as you said, just to irritate people and have people talk about him like we are right now. There must be an actual reason. And then I just thought about, like, a, a weird internet, feud that was happening last week in the world of WWE and one of the um, people who was featured on the cover art made this comment about how they get paid six figures just for being on the cover of that year's video game then I figured Joe Rogan at the end of the day only cares about Joe Rogan and his bank account so there must be a reason why he's saying something and boom there you go
1: follow the money
0: (laughs) that's exactly it you know,
1: the same type of thing happened with Mark Maron like last year or year before. He crapped all over Marvel fans, DC fans, saying that the movies were a plague, that, that there was no point in going to the theater because those movies were choking out quality movies. And to a large degree, he's, he he has a point. I don't necessarily agree with it, but he clapped it out at fans and then he comes out and he was in The Joker. You know, which yep. and then everybody, the controversy swirled even more. And I think it was all to his benefit, you know, at that point in time. I don't want to besmirch the guy. I know he's going through a lot right now. And he, he's a person that I look up to a lot. But, you know, I just thought it was very um, Trump-esque. Yeah. In in the approach, like that whole conspiracy, I'm going to make a splash so people talk about it and then follow it up with, oh, now I'm in it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I just think it was a convenient way to get into the conversation
0: that's exactly it and and you know i was just quickly gazing through the article again as you were talking and apparently joe rogan on his podcast talks about how much and he hates doing the voiceovers and this and that so ea basically said with all your complaining well you don't have to come in this year so peace um so there you have it joe rogan won't be the commentator on the new ufc video game and then joe rogan blasts video games go figure
1: yeah and you know what recording those things does suck
0: Oh, one hundred percent.
1: Water repetition word isolation. It's it's not a fun thing, but if he's getting paid, I guess maybe it's all the big bucks from Spotify now.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> they clearly, you know, he they...
1: doesn't need to scrounge around to do the voiceover anymore.
0: No, yeah. no. Well, let's see what we're gonna, what bullshit we're gonna come up with and talk about when we sign a hundred million dollar contract with Spotify. Yeah,
1: I know, right? What
0: the fuck are we doing?
1: Right, apparently, not the right thing. But good for Joe, I, I've watched his show He's not necessarily one of the people that I identify with But I do appreciate, I, I really like the episodes that he brings on The alien people and stuff like that I, I get into that sometimes Because I do, I do like his approach on some of that stuff
0: Yeah, if you like listening to stuff like that You know what podcast you should listen to You should listen to the, um, uh, the Chris Jericho podcast The wrestler Chris Jericho Uh, he typically he has obviously wrestlers come on and talk about their experiences and a lot of background stuff and lately it's a lot of wwe bashing but anytime he brings in conspiracy people or my favorite is the flat earthers oh man those episodes are just gold and it's like really good and he does a great job of not disparaging them um he like kind of you know he he i think He can find something in common with them And the way that he thinks And he has a great conversation with them You know, it's very different than You know, listening to... Uh, coast to coast or something like that where they're just Mm -hmm. egging you on to see and get those crazy comments and those crazy people um so yeah and that's you know i used to love as a kid listening to coast to coast but uh when it was art bell but when it changed to george nori he just became he may he turned it into like a sideshow. is can we get the craziest person on the line and let's see how let me bring out the crazy in them um it's no investigative journalism anymore anything like that it's just like whatever bring out the crazies
1: yeah and that you know what I, I think that uh, society in general and entertainment in general just is is getting to that level where it's extreme or nothing, and yeah. there's not much investigative stuff going on at all in most journalism, which is where I think a lot of the whole attitude comes from towards journalism right now, and yeah. and it's unfortunate. You know, it just seems like a lot of, of of people are hired for their camera friendliness versus you know maybe their investigative capabilities, but that's a comment that you know whatever it's neither here nor there not to take away from anybody who's in that field it's just the way it's presented maybe it's the way it's written but it it just looks like there's a lot of manipulation going on it's also
0: manipulation but if you take a look at you know our our attention spans what are you going to read are you going to read a huge report about something so in depth that actually matters in the grand scheme of the world or are you going to read a meme or an infograph where you can get all the info that you need you know that that right there is kind of you know how we dissect information and people media companies are just adapting to that and we're losing the art of actual journalism through this like it's it's yeah or people will just call bullshit on on it right away so you know if if, if you're constantly being disparaged in your job at some point you're not going to want to go out and do that and and yeah it's just that's kind of where we are
1: and I think part of that too the honestly I try to read the full articles on stuff I try to be a a little educated because I feel guilty whenever I get information from a meme or something like that and part of the problem is is that you open it up let's say on your phone and then you get hit with a billion ads and like like to get the article you have to try and sort through the advertisements and the targeted crap, and then you just end up giving up on it. If the information isn't easy to obtain or read, I don't mind an occasional ad in the story, but some of the stuff is just garbage as far as trying to, like, absorb it. You can't
0: do it. Exactly. You know, and, and I think this kind of goes in hand With something that I wanted to bring up in a little bit And it this is a perfect segue And it's kind of how the world is changing Before we used to always, you know, consume and, and just think of things as one product Whether it be a newspaper Whether it be a video game Whether it be a phone You know, it used to be one product And all the attention would go into that one product And the newest iteration would be an upgrade Of the older iteration But, you know, now it's because everything is, is is looked at through stock market and analysts. Um, analysts are never happy. The public is never happy. You have to constantly be changing and innovating. So that's one of the reasons why we see a new iPhone every year. It's yes, they make a lot of money, but it's it's also the pressure from the public. Um, you know, it's it's and I can speak from coming from the, the especially the mobile world. At the end of the day, you do not make a lot of money through hardware or that one product anymore. Yeah. You know, it's so all it's about. In that way you can see it in video games. Right. And that's exactly so. where we're going. So yeah, it's all about services. It's all about services. It's all about subscription. It's all about, you know, the, the monthly recurring revenue for companies as opposed to that one-time sale of something. Having the monthly recurring revenue just looks better in your books, which looks better to the public. And when I mean public, I mean like, you know, the stock public, the analysts, the investors, and those types of people, not us, Phil, Bores public um, you know, so it, it's all about the that. money public exactly the money public So it's about how can we guarantee profits for 12 months at a time? And obviously, you know, there's a lot of unknowns by releasing one product So you have to kind of think outside of the regular box and I hate saying that but it's true um, So you have services you have subscriptions, you know, it's why Netflix is um uh, stock price jumps up and down so much. You know it's why now you're seeing, even the way that Apple and you know for for and I guess BlackBerry when they were around were well they're still around but you know what I mean when they were uh, lead yeah. in the consumer space. You know it was all about how can we get people to s- subscribe to something, and now and this is where the segue is going to happen. Now we're seeing it in the video game domain. So for the past. You know, decade, decade and a half, we've seen these subscription services start very basic, um, you know, online access, pay us four or five bucks a month, 60 bucks a year, and you'll have access to our servers so that you can play video games online on that system, yada, 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 and they make a shit ton of money that way because they know and they can not only get that money from you because you might forget about it or whatever, but At the end of the day they can then extrapolate that information and they know how much money is going to come in at the end of the day so you know now we're seeing with the new generation of gaming consoles and gaming in general subscription services is super important you know on the PlayStation side obviously you have PlayStation Plus um, with their subscription services for the online games um, online gaming, and then you get you know f- your incentives with the free games and whatnot. Um, oh, and check your PSN mail; you might get 10 bucks from uh, from Sony. Um, mm-hmm. So, and then you know they came with PS Now. PS Now is their cloud gaming service where you can play. Uh, you know, it's essentially. The reason why backwards compatibility doesn't come with systems anymore is because they figured they're going to turn this into a service, turn it into profit. You know, monthly recurring revenue is the most important thing for a company right now. Um, so, you know, looking at the new generation of gaming, you know, there's a lot of speculation about how much the actual PlayStation 5 console is going to cost Sony to produce. And that might, you know, lead to a profit profit. Or they, like in PlayStation 2, 3, whatever it was, will, you know, take a hit per product. Three. Three. And I, I, I knew that. I just wanted to be sure. Um, So, you know, the reality of the situation is that necessarily the hardware does not bring in the money. It's all about services and subscription. Come Microsoft and <laughs> enter Microsoft and enter last week's, you know, Big announcements about games and whatnot. We will talk a little bit about Kind of our thoughts But, you know, right off the bat At the end of the day Clearly Microsoft is leaning Towards this new model Of monthly recurring revenue As they for sure Want to put a lot of emphasis And focus on cross-platform gaming And more importantly Their Game Pass service um, Because they think that your games can, sh- can be And should be playable And played on essentially Any console It doesn't matter So Xbox Series X Games no longer Defined by technology Says Microsoft
1: However They walked some of this back They said that First of all if it's playing On the Xbox Series X it's going to be a much better experience. You're going to get 4K at 60 frames per second. So, okay, so there's that. And secondly, they said that not all developers are participating in this strategy. So the Microsoft ones are. So you're going to be able to play Halo Infinite on your Xbox One S. Um, you're going to be able to do certain things on it, but other developers are not necessarily putting the older generation of consoles ahead of the other ones. So they, they're kind of in a funny spot now because I know it broke out that everything's backwards compatible for the next two to three years because there was this statement made where they said, well, you don't need to go out and buy our, our Xbox. You know, you can just play it on any platform, which made it look like Xbox is giving up on the sales generation already, um, like like not trying to win the war. But it is an interesting, it is an interesting thing what they're doing. I I subscribe to Xbox the Game Pass and I love it. Like honestly, I'm not you know as as the listeners know and you know, I'm not a huge Xbox fan, but I haven't bought an Xbox game and probably Forza Four, uh, Horizon Four. Um, I haven't bought an Xbox game beyond that because a Game Pass. You know,
0: so it, for it's, our it's listeners awesome. who don't know how the service works, Phil, you have it. Can you explain it like? um in regards to new games new releases how long until they appear on game pass and things like that talk about the service talk about the experience talk about the price points talk about the connection how good of a connection you need to have because that's something i do want to bring up in a little bit so go ahead
1: um i would recommend that you have an unlimited download um very much so but as far as any microsoft title basically you you subscribe to this thing you basically say you're already, by subscribing to it, you auto- automatically get escalated to a gold member if you take the ultimate bundle. Um, and depending on the bundle that you choose, you can also get PC gaming. Um, and what that entitles you to, especially on the console, is day one releases by Microsoft companies. So like Gears 5, boom, straight to Xbox Game Pass. Uh, Forza 4, you know, Horizon 4, boom, right to Game Pass. Um, and, then, and then basically other titles sequence out in a staggered way depending on how the developer wants to approach it. So Ubisoft might not be too eager right now. I notice there's not a lot of titles by them on it, but they just released Fallout 76 on it. There's a few titles that trickle through. Um, The Outer Worlds was day one. Uh, so different studios that, that might be looking to make a splash into the market or I guess Microsoft incentivizes them. Uh, the biggest thing is, is that you have to download the full game. You're not streaming it through xCloud. However, In September, they are bringing xCloud to the service. So that'll be the debut of that, which completely changes a lot of stuff too. I have questions about the fact that would my Xbox One S be able to, you know, if my internet connection was good enough, could I play Xbox Halo Infinite on their servers through the streaming? You know, there's some questions to be asked there, which may be where Microsoft are crouching down a little bit now and just saying, don't worry, it's all going to work out, you know. So there's a little bit of a read in there, but it's it's a pretty good service. It's a it's a bit dear. They'll give you the first month for one dollar, you know, anything to get you in the door, and then it's about sixteen ninety nine a month. It's not cheap, at any rate, but it's it's on par with my Netflix Netflix four K. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I really can't complain with the amount, the variety of titles, and it's really nice too because you can download a game that you would never touch play it and then find out either you really like it or that you hate it you know like there's Ori and the in, you know, all the Ori games the two of them stuff like that that you might just want to be like well that's a really good presentation it's a side scroller though I'm not really into it but it is good you know and you get to experience that you get it really widens the breadth of your experience
0: right Right. Now, in regards, so is it, is, is, do you download the game? Is it a streaming service? Yep.
1: You yes. download it. You download them. So, I, uh, you know, Fallout 76 was like 70 gig. That's why I say unlimited internet. Just set it up and then leave your Xbox, you know, because just make sure that you have downloads in the background on and uh, you can turn your Xbox off at night and it will just download the game in the background. When you go back to your Xbox, it, boom, it comes up and it says that you downloaded the game. Ready to go now? This new streaming stuff coming out in September—I have no clue. Yeah, you know it's like Xbox Stadia. However, I will say this: the PlayStation streaming backwards compatible thing—that uses Xbox XCloud—that was their test bed, and Sony are paying them. Yep, exactly. So there's a big relationship that we don't necessarily see as gamers, and that's why it's silly to be pro xbox or pro ps5 like a uh, fanboy level it's just a preference you Here's know thing, i like though, those games i want to well, play those games a lot of i'm people, gonna buy a ps5
0: yeah what a lot of people don't realize is that the two or three con- depending on how you see the world the console gamings the console gamers the console companies they see it as console gaming versus pc gaming not you know playstation versus xbox so they are fighting the likes of steam um, you know, and and things like that, and services epic. like that, and epic, yeah. You know, yeah. so that's that's where 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 the focus is and where the focus should be. But you know, going back to the whole technology, you know, being a, a hindrance or not being the focus right now. Um, and and I think you 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 mentioned it, but I do want to repeat this that Xbox did go back a little bit, but they've been saying this. But obviously, you know, the journalists don't. not picking up on certain things so that's why they're constantly repeating themselves and one of the things that they've had to say many times is that you know to get the true experience of the video game you're gonna need the latest generation console so a lot of people were saying hey xbox doesn't care about this uh, generation that's incorrect all they're trying to do is just open up the world a little bit more through their services through their subscriptions And in a sense, they're thinking that if you're playing, you know, Halo Infinite on a older Xbox model or on your PC, it might entice you to actually go out and buy a new console. That's the way that they're thinking about it.
1: It's a pretty big uh, change or shift in how you think about gaming and console gaming. And it's good for the gamers. It's good. Like this competition is good this idea i think i'm warming up more and more to it the only feedback that i have as a fan watching last week's event is i was a little bit let down by the variety i guess it just seems like there's a lot more promise in the first party titles and a lot more polish that was shown on the playstation stuff versus the xbox stuff but i know the xbox is going to be more than capable I know that the developers will start coming through with miracles or, you know, purchases go through and development cycles bring forth products that are exciting. I was let down by Halo Infinite, but that maybe that's a design choice by them. That's been the big thing on the Internet now where it's not meant to be super realistic and whatnot. It's a design choice to be retro graphics
0: I never thought Halo was ever Supposed to be a fully Realistic shooter Um, Look at how you know the in terms Of comparing a Halo You know versus A modern warfare or, or Call of Duty game you know Halo you feel like you're playing an arcade Game where opposed As opposed to Call of Duty Where it feels like you're playing more of a Simulator type game And I think with the choices in art and the choices in in coloring and textures and things like that, you know, it feels more and more like an arcade game,
1: yeah, I, I think you're right. It's just easy to get caught up in the hype on the internet, right? When 100%. you see Last of Us Two, and you see Joel with the beard and stuff like that, and then you juxtaposition it with the dude driving the the you know the the the, the, the you know spaceship for Master Chief. And you go, one guy looks like he's made out of Play-Doh, you know, and it ain't Joel. Yeah. So I'm like, it just was it's a little bit jarring.
0: Also though, you know, you know, what later came out in those side by side comparisons is that the Xbox footage wasn't even captured on a on a latest gen Xbox console. So you know, it's a lot of questionable uh decisions being made Microsoft and what they're demoing and the information that's coming out there but it's obvious that they're really kind of positioning themselves in this brave new world of subscriptions and monthly recurring revenue and that's if hey if that's the direction they want to go the power to them it is the future again me being in technology will tell you that that is what every company strives for especially public companies because it's innovation 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 and if really if you're not innovating you know five six times a year In regards to big announcements, your stock folk are going to start questioning you, and that's when analysts Mm -hmm. start degrading your position, and then you get yourself into what I like to call the BlackBerry position, where you become desperate, and then you start making stupid decisions, yada, 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 but we're not going to go into that discussion today.
1: I'll just say this for people. You know what? If you're not sure, wait until it comes out and get some reviews. All right, see what you're buying. Uh, if you don't care about that, then go out and grab it day one. You know, if, if I feel comfortable at night sitting there thinking my P- PlayStation 5 is going to be a worthwhile purchase for me, and I look forward to getting my Xbox Series X out at some point too. But, you know, like wait for the reviews, check stuff out, look at how things go. It's, it's an extremely advantageous position by Xbox to position themselves this way. And as well with that Game Pass, if you want to try it out, try it for the $1 a month and then cancel it. I did that a couple times. And then the games are identified. They have a little Game Pass uh, logo in the corner. Those just gray out and they say, you can't play these. You know, delete them, do whatever. So it's it's an easy thing to activate and deactivate. But I I think I heard that Xbox no longer offer 12-month subscriptions to Gold. So they're actively going to be really pushing people into the Game Pass thing in the next few months. Yep for them check it out if you're interested if not okay all good by me
0: last week we were talking about the number of playstations being sold at release time and one of the things that i was talking about was in regards to having limits and it's just hilarious that literally right after we recorded this uh there was a lot of speculation through source code on the internet pages you know unlive pages not live pages dark pages right now that Sony is going to be limiting sales of their PlayStation five console to one per family, one per household.
1: Yeah. It's, it's funny that we brought that up, right? It's, it's just hilarious that they come up with this one per household, but you know, it's going to expand soon. Like, like we were discussing those, those, you know, from what I've seen or heard on different sources on this thing. Not that I have any personal sources about it, but it just seems like the production schedule got pushed ahead so that they have a certain amount of like at least half of what they anticipate 5 million units for, you know, a mid-September type of timeframe. And then they're looking at blitzing the rest of the market, like uh, markets and whatnot again with another 5 million because the Christmas rush is one of those that, uh, Where people come to it and like, you know, the kids at home, I understand this. I've seen this in in EB games or GameSpot all the time where people just come in and they go, my kid wants PlayStation five. What is that? Where can, and then the guy's just like, you know, they're completely blindly buying this thing. And if they don't have them in stock, they've screwed themselves with that customer. And goodness knows that that franchise is really battling for eyeballs and foot traffic. So they're going to sit there and go, yeah, we've got, you know, a mountain of them in back here, and they're only X hundreds of dollars. And and those people will gladly hand over the money and, and make their kid really happy come Christmas Day or whatever holiday it is, you know, that they're buying it for. So I, I think that Sony's just looking to make sure that they're hedging all bets and making sure that everybody who wants to get one can get one. And it, it's, it's hopefully it's a way to cut out some of these bought-buys and these, these different things that basically try to short the market on fans who actually want the product, yeah. right? Like we saw it with the coronavirus and, and the PlayStation or sorry, the Nintendo Switch that apparently bought buying and stuff like that, trying to short it out. So it drives the value up and then they resell it on a secondary market and people end up paying a lot, a lot of money for something that they shouldn't have. So it kind of sucks. Yeah. But I, I commend Sony in this, in this respect and. You know, hopefully, I can only hope that Microsoft have the same type of problem, you know, and need to create more for the Christmas rush and get these consoles in the hands of fans.
0: Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that you and I had talked about offline that we might as well have this conversation this week, and that's in regards to release dates. Um, You know, there's a lot of speculation to keep saying holidays, holiday 2020 and things like that. So let's try to speculate a little bit in regards to what that actually means. So I'm under the impression that it's going to happen one week or two, like for PlayStation 5, one week or two weeks before Thanksgiving USA. So that would be, you know, early to mid-November for release. And I'm thinking that by mid-August, September, we're going to be seeing the pre-sale page go live on all platforms.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree with that. You know, it it's the smart money play. You know, maybe Sony releases a little bit earlier. I think we're watching a big game of chicken, even yep. though they don't. Either side doesn't want to admit it. Um, there's a big, big game of chicken on the price point, on the release date. I think that you know, assuming that information about mid September first shipment fulfillment, I think that you know that that would be. Um, it's a possibility i think it's a contingency but yeah. i think that the 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 planning the smart planning would be trying to get into that magical space of exactly what you're talking about early november uh late october at the mi- at the late uh, the, sorry the earliest, earliest. Yeah. but mid november and trying to hit that that thanksgiving black friday shopping holiday thing goodness knows what it's going to look like with covid but
0: that's exactly you know, it that's exactly it you know, there's been some... So, for example, Walmart already says that they're not going to be open Thanksgiving night. Probably might not open early for Black Friday. So, I think we're going to be seeing a very different type of Black Friday this year. And I think that's actually going to put uh, make some changes in regards to these systems and when they're coming out. I also think that what they want to do is they want to get us, you know... <clears throat> Gamers like us, out of the way. People who are day yeah. runners, get us done. We're going to be happy, whatever. But they, as you said, stores like GameStop are for sure putting pressure on Sony and Microsoft, the Xbox division, uh, to have a bunch of systems ready for actual Christmas shopping.
1: Yeah, they have to. That's their gameplay.
0: Because-
1: uh, I, I would even... I- just to go with what I'm hearing, there's a possibility that the Sony themselves will be selling the PlayStation 5 directly to fans, right? So we'd be able to order one on the PlayStation store yeah, and it would just get delivered to us, right? It's yep. like, I don't know, it'd be even smart for them to split the payments where it's like, okay, as of August or September, you give us a hundred bucks a month and then the last payment's going to be 200 bucks or 200 bucks up front and then a hundred bucks, a hundred bucks, a hundred bucks. And then you're going to have, day one, that thing's going to be ready to go for you. Like, we're going to ship it. We're going to finance it for you to make it more affordable in these COVID times. You know, that type of thing. I, I can see it being a really smart play. Because <laughs> because then you're opening up the possibility of Microsoft does something competitive with that. That if you're fortunate enough to have enough disposable cash, you could probably get both consoles pretty easily for, you know, this year, for the holidays, Whatever. Whatever it is your little heart desires. So it's going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, it for sure is going to be interesting. And I think that this entire holiday season, analysts, spectators, uh, people are all going to keep a very close eye on what these companies are doing. Um, And not only, you know, video game companies, you know, bigger picture type things like with the lack of disposable cash that a lot of people have this year, it'll be very interesting to kind of see how the holiday season goes and what type of sales we're going to see for black friday cyber monday and things like that as we you know kick off the holiday season around thanksgiving so we'll see but um yeah it'll be cool and interesting to kind of um you know be able to chat about it this time around
1: yeah and you know what people just so everybody can calibrate their expectations there's not going to be door crasher sales on these or if they are if there are you know, shame on whoever tries that. But these these products are going to be high, high uh, priced for this first year. There's no, not going to be any deals where it's like, oh, the PlayStation Slim, that type of thing, where you're getting these different products at, at drastically lower price points. You have to remember the life cycle of that PS4 and, and Xbox was like seven years. So it only gets cheaper. And those that are going to be first in the door are going to get hit hard with an admission fee. Yeah. So, You know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, whatever, shopping holiday, boxing day here in Canada, um, even though I think we do Black Friday now, um, all that stuff, you know, you're not going to score a great deal. In my opinion, the best you're going to do is like 30 to 50 bucks off of the full retail at best. You know, it's going to be on accessories and stuff like that, where, again, everybody milks the customer and rightfully so, I guess, you know, somebody's got to make money somewhere.
0: Yep. So. That is our chat about video games. I think it is time to move on, unless you have any final thoughts before we do, Phil.
1: Bring it on! Get the price war out. You know, I want to see the wrestlers hit the mat, so to speak, and start uh, start getting this price duel on the go. Because uh, as a customer, I'm just getting tired of the
0: speculation,
1: the the dog and pony show. Oh oh, look at our exclusives Oh no look at our exclusives It's just getting tired Hey it gives us something to talk
0: about on this show But as a fan it does get a little irritating Because I just want to know But like I said little by little news We have more topics to talk about And I know that sometimes it sounds like We're repeating ourselves in regards to Talking about the same subjects But that's the big stuff right now You know I was Funny you know I was actually a little nervous uh, Bringing the show back In the middle of COVID because I was thinking what the hell were we going to be talking about and here we are you know constantly pushing stuff you know forward or back and rejigging the, the entire schedule because there's so much to talk about every week. And yes like I mentioned I do know that we are repeating ourselves generally speaking in regards to talking about the same things but these things you know they update themselves throughout the week and I feel that our listeners want to know and should know the latest news. Um so yep. uh, something so moving on to movies I think the big news is in regards to something that we did talk about in the past show and the past few shows that's in regards to Dank and Moist theaters oh. Exactly I just wanted to oh. It's funny cuz I said that I was just staring right at you in regard yeah. you know your your video chat there Um so Dank and Moist theaters uh yeah. So, you know, we have Tenet, who was supposed to be released July 17th. <laughs> then, or sorry, July 20th this past uh, week. That didn't happen. So now we are looking at a interesting release. Because Chris Nolan is hell-bent on having this go on demand. He wants a theatrical release because that is best for his business. Uh, so what we are seeing right now is... You know, in the United States of America, we are seeing a post-Labor Day release in theaters. However, Canada and international markets are going to get it on August 26th. And in Canada, earlier today, Cineplex announced that the film Tenet is going to open Thursday, August 27th. Sweet. Well, you know, for
1: those people willing to take the risk, uh, good luck. Uh, yeah. you know uh, this is what I found out. All right. I know that we ripped on amc and and this bloody trolls two thing, which I can't believe we're still talking about in that not so good way, but I know we ripped on them, and uh, rightfully so, for our perspective. But apparently, there is like massive penalties in the movie universe. About going straight to video and skipping yeah. the theatrical release, which is really at the core of the violation of the contract for the movie, because I guess I guess theaters pay a lot of money for all that crap we see in them, all the cardboard cutouts or whatever to promote the movie, or there's some arrangement in the industry, right? Like that is way deeper than than I dare venture go, or that's brought to the light of plebes like me. However, it um there's a lot of money and a lot of business going on there. So these guys all get a little bit rightfully pissed. And I think that's, what's keeping tenant to try and stick to like, not only Christopher Nolan wants to do the artistic thing. I think all the people backing them want to make sure that they don't get into this pissing match with the theaters, because I think the theaters are getting to the point now where they're going to need to be financially bailed out by yeah. governments or whatever. I, it's, it's not a good scene.
0: Yeah. You know, so let's, You know, I think that's the perspective I want to take right now. We always looked at this as a consumer, you know, people who go to, you know, I think you and I tend to go to the theater quite often, you know, generally speaking, we consume a lot of media, obviously for the show, but in general, you know, we do a lot of things like that. So, you know, we, we have our own perspective about stuff, generally speaking, but, you know, let's take a look at this. From a Cineplex point of view, an AMC point of view, you are correct that there are a lot of like you know of those um, contractual obligations that the studios have with these theaters. A lot of marketing money, a lot of you know programs, and a lot of things like that are are you know promoted in order to get a movie to theater first. There's a lot of money invested in there So that's why obviously it's super important For that to happen Now, you know, so you have your Your investment as an AMC And a Cineplex to think about Now If you think about the situation That the world is in Where you've now been closed since mid-March You know, Mm -hmm. making Zero dollars Cineplex has been lucky That they have a video on demand service here And I don't think it's, you know saving the company per se but at least it's bringing in something uh but
1: hey i can order on my skip the dishes i can order popcorn popcorn and a hot dog from my cineplex
0: yeah exactly but you know <laughs> I, I, I can yeah. you hand me a 15 popcorn please <laughs> i know right hey but there are people who absolutely love that shit and will pay the money yeah,
1: for it the, the butter on it yeah, yeah fair so, enough so
0: you know, from a Cineplex point of view, they're making zero dollars essentially, or not zero, but close to zero. They're not making as much as they usually do. That's for damn sure. So they obviously want to protect their investments as much as you, as much as humanly possible, I should say. Now, when theaters eventually do open, they know that their operation no costs are going to go up with, you know, actually cleaning these theaters as opposed to whatever they were doing before. So they know that the best way to get, and I love how you're laughing. They know that the best way to get people back to the theater is to show the movies that people actually want to see. So if people have the option to see these movies on demand at home, they're not going to go to the theater to watch it regardless of, you know, whatever the artsy-fartsy people want to say. You know that's just the the it's the, you're gonna get more less people giving you their money out of their own pocket to watch a th- movie in a theater. So they're just again trying to protect their investment in the grand scheme of things. So movies like Wonder Woman, Tenet, um, Bill Black and Will. Ted, Black Widow, things like that, Bill and, and Ted I know,
1: are going straight to video.
0: Well, I was gonna say Bill and Ted is an exception, but you know overall. These movies, these are the summer blockbusters, and 2020 was going to be a hell of a year for summer. But, you know, because of COVID, things have changed. So these companies like AMC and Cineplex are really needing these movies to come out at the right time so that they can drive people right back into the movie theater and hopefully recover some of the money that they lost. That's the strategy, and that's the, you know, the the putting on a hat from their point of view and their perspective. I can Um, see why they want it to go down this way and why they're really pushing the studios to make changes. And generally speaking, the studios have obliged. A lot of releases have been postponed. For example, Black Widow has been pushed out of the Marvel Disney release lineup. Mulan has been permanently removed from their lineup You know, there are a lot of movies that have been pushed back With no release date right now Because they are waiting to see what's happening You know, with uh, quarantine rules And social gatherings and social distancing rules And when can we get people back to the theater So that we can reschedule And, you know, put invest in Advertising dollars at the right time so that you know it, it can help everyone out. Because at the end of the day, as much as a movie might make on demand, I'm sure that they will still always be making more if they were to be theatrical releases.
1: But here's the thing, all right. Number one, what happens if AMC, Cineplex, all these things die, like they they don't survive this pandemic financially? Then those contracts get divided up. And then the companies can do whatever the hell they want because the industry is just ravaged, right? Yep. So there's that's one long play that I can see them kind of putting in the corner on this. You know, if they survive, then we can play play nice with them. But this staggering worldwide stuff, all right, like *Tenant* being released in different parts of the world at different times, sucks for fandom because now there's going to be spoilers all over the internet for people. So they already know what they're going to be walking into, which means that if the movie's kind of shit, it's going to suffer even more at the box office when it hits in, you know, not that I think it's going to be, but I'm just saying, I think that the right thing, I know Christopher Nolan, I know all these artists want to have their, their film seen in the right light and the right, the right cinematic experience. But by goodness, like, come on, can we just start smartening up? This is like major league baseball choosing to play outside of a bubble right now. It's just putting lives at risk. Right? You're putting players at risk. You're putting people at risk to go to the theater as long as this pandemic is out of control as far as the numbers suggest. And I don't want to get into a deep discussion about that aspect of it, but it just to the rest of the world, stuff looks like it's going crazy in the States as far as these numbers. And when you talk about putting 40, 50, 200, whatever amount of people in a small, dark, moist, dank box – and watching a movie and then watching numbers escalate even more potentially, right? Because now at least they're starting to talk about wearing masks in a lot of places, which isn't the be all and end all. It's not going to guarantee that you don't catch this virus. So I just think that that at some point there has to be some integrity, right? And either you do what Disney's doing and just saying, no, we're, we're shelving it. We're Black Widow. Bah, no way. And you know what? That has ramifications for all the other Marvel movies. We're pushing them all down the line. We're pushing them all to another year. Whatever. Okay, that's one approach because you're harbor you har you you're you're hedging your bets. But this whole idea that it's about art, to me it isn't. It's about money. It's it's not about sensibility.
0: Exactly. Thank you for saying that. You know, and let's take a look at major league baseball. Five days in, you're already seeing massive cancellations. Today, earlier today, Miami Marlins announced that at least 14 pl- people and 11 p- players specifically have tested positive for COVID-19, and they right now are stuck wherever they were playing. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yep. So there you go. You know, five days. It's, it's, five days.
1: You know, how, how can you have, like, major league players going into airports across America From hotspots into non-hotspots or equally hotspots, touching common surfaces, spreading the disease. Whereas you look at what NHL are doing, you look at what the NBA are doing in a hotspot, you look at what the MLS is doing in a hotspot, and they're creating these bubbles, and they're making the players sequester themselves. I think the NHL said something like they've administered 4,200 or 4,800 tests so far on the players. Yep. You know that, that's a called responsibility.
0: You want to know point, what regardless not- of which city you're in. You want to hear what's not responsible is MLB. Literally, just right now, this is breaking news. 8:45 Monday, July 27th. MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred says that the Marlins coronavirus outbreak is not a nightmare scenario, and that protocols are adequate to keep players safe. That's what happens when money talks. Oh.
1: That's terrible. I know I it, you know, it leaked earlier that the owner's meeting, it wasn't discussed about canceling anything significantly. So I knew this was kind of coming, but it's disappointing. Not that I don't want baseball. Of course. It's just, I just think that you know they should have sequestered this tournament, like made it into a tournament, a long play tournament. And you know what? I know the players want to make money. I, I know they make a lot of money. And the players who don't want to make the money have taken the time off. You know, the, the, it's their choice. They're free to exercise it. But I think that they should have stipulated and, and got together in one of these amazing baseball meccas in the States that have like 20 fields or whatever. And just set it up and outfitted it for cameras and just gone and um, played, played a really big baseball tournament to determine the 2020 Asterisk World Champions.
0: Cause right now you are setting up a nightmare scenario where someone is gonna pay the ultimate price. Anyways, yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. I don't want to talk more about it. Going back to movies, so yeah, so you know, there's at the end of the day, money is driving a lot of these business and political decisions. Let's not forget about that. Um, but you know, from our point of view. We don't know when things are going to be coming out We don't know when a lot of things are going to go back to filming Um, So it'll be interesting to see where we end up going with that So that's that Now, in other movie news This is one of my favorite subjects to talk about Zack Snyder has announced that Justice League Snyder Cut won't use any Joss Whedon footage Zack Snyder even said that he would blow that fucking thing up before using shots from another director.
1: Man, there's no bad blood there. Jeez. I, this Snyder Cut thing. I'm curious to see it. It's now become a spectacle. It's you know, now... If this what thing the heck's going to happen? You know, but with, like I'm hearing, if, and I t- texted you this week about Star Wars. We'll we're going to talk about
0: that, that in just right after this. because Okay, so we're going to talk about Justice League. Then we're gonna talk about um, Suicide Squad, and then we're gonna talk about Star Wars. Because I just wanted to talk about you know this this whole revolution, thanks to you fans, fans like me and Phil, um, you know contributing to uh, Zack Snyder getting a second chance, and someone's career like Joss Whedon is absolutely being tarnished right now because all. Oh, There's just so much happening right now um, You know and a lot of negativity On Joss Whedon a lot of allegations Coming out with how he acts on set Um, So we'll you know There's just so much going on right now But in regards to the actual Snyder Cut I'm telling you Phil if it is not the next Citizen Kane They're fucked
1: Yeah it set The bar really high right now And I think it was all done To sell subscriptions for HBO and I just really have a doubt, but the proof is in the pudding. There's not a lot of pudding out there yet. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I, I just can't see any time that, that you sit there and you go, well, we pulled all this stuff out of the garbage bin and we're going to restore it. We're going to put the effects on it in no way. Like justice league already was like that with the the mustache Right. It was there's no way that that ends well for fans. Like, remember, that was
0: Joss. Maybe there is. That was Joss Sweden. One hundred percent. So we'll see. We'll see in regards to what actually happens. But just like this is becoming such a major thing right now. Like, okay, we all. Okay, not we all. A lot of people wanted the Snyder cut. At the end of the day, trash is trash. You can't you know? Depending on how you polish it, and I'm the biggest DC fanboy, you know. And I didn't hate the movie, but I know that you know the animated movies are so much better. So I was disappointed in the theatrical releases and what we actually got in theater. You know, let let like let let me put that out there. I'm not a hater whatsoever, but you know, this is just could have been better. It could have been better. And this is just getting out of control right now. Um, there's a lot of pressure on Zack Snyder, and I know that Zack Snyder. You know, he gets a lot of uh, he, a lot of negativity around him. Uh, you know, even when he released Watchmen and, and Man of Steel and things like that. But you know, we'll see what ends up happening here. But you know, HBO Max, they're Warner Brothers. They're going all in. They are going bulls deep with Zack Snyder and the Zack Snyder cut.
1: Hey, man, I'm pushing for the Lord and Miller solo. Oh,
0: Jesus Christ. You know what? Whatever. (laughs) Let's just bring it on. Any any shitty movie... Hashtag. Any movie that had horrible, critical fan response, (laughs) you know, can get a second chance. Now, let's just just get it out there, you know? What if, Phil, what if we we petition Disney to do something with Star Wars? Let's talk about this what-if scenario. And a message that you sent me on Saturday, which has killed me.
1: Yeah, you know what? Like there's there's areas in the Star Wars fandom that I've seen. I don't necessarily love them, um, but once in a while they get something juicy to dig into. And I happen to come across a YouTube channel. I won't mention the name. Uh, but there is a lot of speculation about the idea that there is now something that is being worked on for the rise of Skywalker. Called the JJ cut or the Lucas cut, and this is a. The, originally, the movie was pitched to be four hours long, apparently, to Kathleen Kennedy, and they came back and they said, "Well, that's just too long." So the the next idea was to split it into two movies, and then they're like, "Well, that's not Star Wars." So they basically tried to dumb it down into a you know a two and a half hour version that felt rushed um was different paced than almost any star wars film you compare that against new hope and you're like what the heck happened like did they start taking crack cocaine like like it just feels like everything is like off the rails right
0: it was the so, fastest paced star wars movie and one of the fastest paced movies in general it, it, Yeah, i've never I it and i'm trying to think right now when was the last time that i was like what the fuck oh yeah i remember charlie's angels 2000 it was that fast (laughs) yes i was able to compare charlie's angels to star wars one of the things i've been wanting to do for 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 a long time but it just felt so fast paced like one second like literally the first few shots you know you have kylo ren trying to find Palpatine. it's like oh here we go and then yeah. something else happens. And then something else happens. It's like every five minutes, something major happens. And it was like all these Star Wars shorts that got spliced in together. And it said, boom, here's your fucking movie. Put that in the yeah. theater.
1: It was like robot chicken except trying to be serious. Like, yes, <laughs> that's exactly just, it. Wow. Okay. And you know what? Like, you, you take each individual piece and you can digest it a little bit better. Man, when you're watching it on DVD or whatever and you pause it, there's, like, all kinds of snokes and tanks. And, like, I'm just, like, the details are are just way over the top. And they were so fast in the movie, you didn't even realize what you were seeing on the big screen. So, you know, shout out to home movies. But, um, so apparently what they're doing now is putting together the full, like, they're going back to the dustbin. And they're going, what did we chuck out on the floor? What did... What did Big Evil Kathleen Kennedy make us throw away? And they're trying to put that together and make amends to Star Wars fans now, as rumored. All right, there's no confirmation about this, but it's following the lead of you know uh, a Justice League, a Snyder Cut, and and and, and Suicide Squad squad. Um, they're they're going and apparently Disney are looking to at least assemble the four-hour JJ Cut. And see if that maybe gets the fan base to chill out a little bit and get... Because I forget who the actor was, but there was a Doctor Who actor that was cast, all right? And he was very tight-lipped about it on the internet. And then, now, apparently... This is one of the details, and then I had to shut it off. This guy, apparently, plays... The acolyte of Palpatine. And he is the physical manifestation of Palpatine outside of Palpatine's lair. And that's apparently this big compelling story thing. And his whole role got cut. That whole storyline got cut, which is why he got a little bit pissy about it. But I guess he still got paid.
0: I'm very disappointed in you, Phil. Not only is it just any Doctor Who actor,
1: it was one of the most
0: popular doctors in the modern Doctor Who era. Matt it Smith. It wasn't David Tennant. It was... Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it was Matt Smith. So Matt Smith, yeah. Jesus okay. Christ. <laughs> well, I can't wait for that Doctor Who. Well, how Who forgetful is that <laughs> name?
1: Come on, Matt Smith. It's John Doe. Like <laughs> Putting Jesus. it out there. I, I was never a Doctor Who fan, so... You know, unless it's, it's Baker, like with that big scarf, <laughs> and Tenant, I'm like, that's about it. That's all I know, uh, other than like a whole bunch of Daleks and 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 phone boos. So you know, it's um, it's kind of lost on me, aside from my childhood viewings.
0: I, uh, <laughs> I think our we have to reevaluate our friendship right now. Oh wow! So that was. I actually had to pause the recording for a second there, folks, and uh, yeah, I think we had some counseling, we talked it up, everything's alright, the show will go on, but never, ever disparage a Doctor Who that way oh, no. again, it's Phil.
1: A, it's a great fan base, it just wasn't my thing, it was I way know. beyond me growing I up, know. man.
0: I just love like you. You just shit talk Doctor. You didn't even shit talk. It's like how dare no, you I not just know you? An actor's idiot. name? <laughs> Jeez, man,
1: it's just Matt Smith. Uh, maybe he does a brilliant job. I, I'm sure I'll like him. I just never watched that Doctor. A lot I mean, of maybe people I did.
0: Listen, a lot of people don't. and That's fine. It's just I don't know. <laughs> that was on me. That was all me. That that's a me. But I know,
1: I know Doctor Who fans. All right, I've been to conventions. I've seen them, they're great people They're raising money for charity They're always in the shadow of the 501st um, And it's not necessarily fair Because their costumes are crazy Like they're those Daleks and everything Are just amazing to see in person And to think that these things are made in people's With their own money And they're beautiful But where does a Dalek go pee? That's all I have to ask you
0: Just think about it Oh, my God. I don't even know what to do right now.
1: <laughs> Anyhow, be sure to support them. That's all I can say. You can say that Phil doesn't know who Matt Smith is, so maybe I have to go watch some Matt Smith movies. I don't know.
0: I, I'm I, My concentration is, like, thrown for a loop right now. I'm sorry. Anyway. I'm
1: going to have to Google.
0: We're going to get back to it. Uh, so, yeah. So, Star Wars. Yeah. So, like you said, there was... Literal, full storylines that filled in the gaps That were cut from the movie um, And this is why, you know I, One of the things that I'm constantly seeing Is that in um, books and in comic books A lot of questions are being answered in regards to The Last Jedi And a lot of fans are like Well, why didn't they just add it to the movie? Why wasn't that explained in the movie? See that's my that's my fandom voice by the way. So you know,
1: really oh. complimentary. Oh.
0: Exactly. So man, we are list- losing listeners every minute of this episode. I
1: yeah, I know. I'm like I'm a fan. I'm in that group, so <laughs> speak for me here, Boris, please.
0: <laughs> Jesus fuck. So a lot of people were just upset with what we ended up seeing and really questioned the powers that are at Disney, you know, why Why wasn't this explained better in the movie? And I think that I wouldn't put it past... And let's get back to the fact that, as you said, this is all pure speculation and hearsay and rumor and innuendo. We don't know if any of this is true. But, you know, this was supposed to be a larger experience, larger movie with full storylines cut from the final product. That took a lot of energy to get out there.
1: Right. Yeah, and you know what? If they do it, whatever. I, I I just think that it goes down a dark path. It's not necessarily where you want to go with the stuff. What's out there is out there. It gets it confuses the canon li- uh, uh, timelines. If you release this, and then how does that fit? Uh, what actually happened? And then you're going to see action figures, and you're going to see remarketing. You're going to see all this product. It's confusing, and um, yeah. So who knows if it's true? You know, the source was spotty. Uh, is record spotty so you know, I'm sure a week ago we would have had us believing that that there's an all-out war of attrition going on in Disney, which I don't doubt there is, you know so it's um it's 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 a funny world we live in now, you know, and that's the dangerous part that we keep on pointing out is that fan bases have to be careful with these hashtags and with their demands, right we we have to be responsible about it and Maybe some things will work out and, you know, we eat our words, but, you know, by and large, I think we're experienced enough as adults now that we know that you can't capture lightning in a bottle twice. Like, you can't Well, keep on trying.
0: That's the thing about this. It's like you're... And, and this is the point, you know, that, you know, I keep saying... I just don't use the right words to, to say this. I'm not trying to shit-talk Zack Snyder. I'm not trying to shit-talk David Ayer. I'm not trying to shit-talk... Justice League or Suicide Squad, but you know, you're really going to the well, and you're 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 hitching a huge risk on what if scenarios. You know, what if the movie could have been better because of X, Y, Z? You know, there's you're 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 betting the bank on on a lot, and you know, for example, Justice League, apparently. It was going to need 30 to $50 million more to complete the Snyder Cut. You know, it's a huge investment. That's the budget of some movies in general. So, you know, you had this movie that did iffy in the grand scheme of things, and I know that the reason why they're doing this at the end of the day is because DCEU, the extended universe, the DC Cinematic Universe, whatever you want to call it, you know, relies heavily on Zack Snyder's vision of Justice League. Moving into Flashpoint and things like that, so I understand where the inv- like the want and the you know the 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 why they're wanting to do this investment, but it's just it's tricky and it's just it's going to it's risky, you know. And I'm just going to leave it at that. It is risky. In other news, uh, this is just quick and I, this I just want to get this point across that it's interesting to see that while movies are filmed and just waiting to be released, while movies like Jurassic uh, World 3 and The Batman and The Little Mermaid and, and things like that are starting to get back to production, there's now more news on pre-production for movies, including release dates, and I think it's a little presumptuous to have release dates on movies, but for example, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is going to be released on April 8th, twenty. 20- 22. I think it's a little ballsy to even put a date to anything right now. Yeah,
1: it is for sure. Like, geez, man, to, to put that target on our back on the backs of people. But I guess it's it's far enough out that they feel confident that there's going to be some kind of vaccine or some kind of herd uh, uh, immunity to to what's going on in the world and things will, you know, be in a better place or where they used to be. So they feel confident, and I guess a movie like Sonic might be a little CGI intensive as far as the the character is concerned, the main character, and uh, maybe they feel confident about about how that all happens and, and isolating people in studios. So good on them, I guess. It's it's it feels a little bit sketch, but you know, I'm I'm more concerned about some of those other movies and just finishing up the production schedules and getting it there to the the audience, right? In whatever format it is, I can see it wanting to be in the theaters, but hopefully the Trolls 2 controversy with Universal will have simmered down so AMC will like the monies of a fallen kingdom.
0: Exactly. So. Video game, you know, we've seen comic books, every comic book known to man, comic books that we we all heard of, comic books that we have never heard of, comic books that we should be hearing of, are all getting movies. And I guess right now the trend is for video games, we just talked about Sonic, other video game, um, games, I guess. IPs? IPs? IPs, yes, that's the word, uh, that are going to theaters, are things like Mario... Mega Man, and Metroid. So earlier this week, last week, Brie Larson begged Nintendo to cast her as Samus in the Metroid movie.
1: That would be fun. I, you know what, though? I, I, I remember the original Mario Brothers movie.
0: Oh, yeah. John Leguizamo, 1993. That was one yeah. of the worst things I've ever seen in my life.
1: That was a trash heap dumpster fire of a movie. And I'm always worried about whenever you dip into that nostalgia bag, He-Man Masters the Universe with Dolph Lundgren, you know, Mario, Sonic even, this last iteration. I, I can't even bring myself to
0: watch it. It's good. You should watch it. You should watch it. It's good. Run a shot
1: if it when it comes out on Amazon or Netflix.
0: Matt Smith isn't in it, but you should still watch it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> From what I'm seeing, Matt Smith isn't in a lot that I would watch, but you know, Doctor Who would be the thing that probably I would watch. So, um, yeah, I'm not gonna go down the avenue of the crown. <laughs> no offense to those who do. Um, uh, yeah, but, so
0: video games, video game IP. Tons of movies uh, It'll be you know you know Again this, this nostalgia factor We'll see what happens And you know that is something That we will be talking about in a featured episode Coming soon Is kind of that nostalgia factor um, And we'll see What happens with that But you know we're kind of starting to run out of time And I want to talk About something super important Right now
1: Uh oh
0: And that is, I think, now that it's two, three weeks old, we can start talking about it a little more, and we're actually going to have a special just on this IP. That's Snowpiercer, and the Snowpiercer (laughs) season finale, and holy shit, I'm convinced I am sold. Get me on that train. I want to be there. I'm all in. Can't wait for season two. Yeah,
1: you know what, it it I'm glad you watched it, and we won't do any Spoilers for people, but It certainly, um, I was I felt like it was ending in episode 9 And I'm like, well, what the heck is You know, 10 comes on, I'm like, what the heck Is gonna happen in this? Other than You know, just finishing up the little Pieces of the story And then out of the blue comes that Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am Uh, ending And, uh, it's very reminiscent I know we talked about it briefly, but Battlestar Galactica. You know, it kind of had that cliffhanger feel to it. Very good. Um, It's definitely not my favorite show, but it's not my hate. I don't dislike it. I can watch it.
0: I'm, uh, like I said, right now, uh, like, yeah, you're right. It's not my favorite. It's not a Battlestar Galactica type show for me. Battlestar Galactica was just a show that I needed to watch. Snowpiercer. I watch it for the enjoyment. It's it you know gets me away for a little bit of time. It gets me watching Jennifer Connelly for about forty four minutes or so a week uh, for ten weeks, and it's good viewing for me. But no, it, uh, you know they're kind of doing the Battlestar Galactica Lost. Type cliffhangers, and I'm 100% sold. And I kind of want to go in depth about this uh, with this show because, again, you know, when you think about it and at the core of it, like how many seasons can this show honestly go for? You and I talked about this and joked around about, you know, the types of things that could happen. And some of our predictions actually did happen in the season finale, which I think is absolutely hilarious. Um, you know, but. We'll see how long this can actually go for, and at what point the show is gonna inevitably jump the shark.
1: I I I think two to three seasons. Yeah, honestly, it it's it's gonna start crashing out soon. Excuse the train pun, I guess. But it it's just you know how much compelling story. Now that's a challenge to the writers. Maybe the writers have got some cards in their pocket, you know, some tricks up their sleeves to to compel us into further seasons, but. I know that Netflix and TNT and whatnot obviously aren't going to keep this thing going forever. Netflix are notorious for cutting shows. Um, and then if they lose that as a distribution panel on TNT, who knows how that affects the bottom line. Uh, it, and, you know, and the cast too. It's a pretty big cast with, like we pointed out, Jennifer Connelly and all the others. Um, they're they're pretty good actors, you know, and I don't know how much time they're going to have to to. to Continue to contribute to a show If the the writing loses You know As we we all worry about with all those shows You know the one that stands out to me is Heroes I know that that was Went off the rails due to a a Writer strike but man oh man Was that ever ugly
0: The revival was just horrendous
1: Yeah there's Sometimes it's just Good to let stuff Be gone (laughs) It's true, and I know that's going to circle back to Justice League and yep. the JJ here's cut. Here's the and, thing, like Solo, you know, Lord and Miller.
0: We want to do a special episode just on Snowpiercer, where we can get into spoilers and talk about the movie. Um, and for that episode, oh, I yeah, am man. preparing all this gold material, like this. What do you call a train carrying gum? Oh God! A choo-choo train. Know. Oh,
1: dad humor. Oh boy!
0: Why did the man driving the train get stuck, struck by lightning? I don't know. He was a good conductor. Oh jeez! How do trains here?
1: I just don't know.
0: Engineers
1: engineers i was gonna say it but i thought no it can't be there oh
0: why did the crazy guy steal a train because he was loco (laughs) he just had a locomotive (laughs) oh man so if you want to hear more puns like that stay tuned as we have our snow spiritual special in a few weeks
1: I'm gonna need to make notes on that Snowpiercer show because I watched it mostly just in my spare time and I'm like, ah, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 This happened. There's there's a deeper level. I encourage people to watch it, you know? Especially if you like trains. Like <laughs> geez. It's a huge segment, the train lovers. <laughs> oh. But I know in Lego there's a lot of train stuff, believe it or not. Like I I was watching some Lego videos by Jang Bricks, and he's just like going in that apparently all the Lego stuff is cross-compatible with the electric train stuff and whatnot. So it, 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 it's pretty amazing just how much of that stuff, and it does look cool. So I, I shouldn't be too too hypercritical of it. But trains.
0: Oh, yep. Yeah. That'd be cool, man, a Lego snowpiercer. Someone's got to have done it. 1,001 uh, trains long. Yeah,
1: 1,001. I want... You know, whatever scale that is, I want to see that bad boy.
0: <laughs> all right. I think we've lost all our listeners, so I think we're we're at a good time. We're Phil. You can tell our two remaining listeners how they can get a hold of us.
1: Well, you can go to our website at www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at it's Podcast. You can email us at show at com and you can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, really anywhere you use any of the, you find any of the of the of the podcasts. So if you like what you hear so far, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This product is only possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support and please, you know, leave a review. Click on that subscribe.
0: Not on this episode for the love of god, not on this episode.
1: Hey man it's good to have some fun geek therapy you called it
0: that's exactly what it is it is geek therapy and i hope that like therapy it helps you as much as it helps us because we are the it's canon podcast where we talk about all things geek all things comics all things movies all things video games all things books all things toys all things everything and you know what the best part of it all is phil
1: i heard somewhere that it's apparently in canon
0: It's all in canon, so thank you so much, everyone. Uh, We just wanted to have fun this week. Go out, watch Matt Smith, Doctor Who, watch Matt Smith everything. And we will be back this weekend with a new episode of the It's Canon podcast. Thank you so much for listening. He's Phil, I'm Boris, and here's a song that everyone loves more than us talking. Goodbye. done. Nice.